and Luke. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. <laughs> devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I love how we've uh, gradually changed the imaging on the show, but we made sure to leave in the part where Jarrett has his line. Right oh. there. Everything else that we change. About you. Okay, yeah, yeah, but we make right. sure we leave Jared's <laughs> line. Oh, Jared's so funny. Yes. I missed the cashmere sweater promo or intro. Oh, the cashmere. Yeah, okay, that that was awful since neither one of us has ever even... Have you ever, ever even seen Cashmere? I've heard Cashmere. No, I uh, no. The, the, the song Stop by it, Led please, Zeppelin. Please, of course, heard, you've, yeah. you've seen Cashmere sweaters. You know, I, mean, I would not be able to pick ball. one out. If you, oh, if yeah, you set like furry. three sweaters in front of me, I'd really? be like, they're all burlap. Um, I don't know. Well, yeah, did you grow up with sisters? Did no. you have sisters? No, no. you did not. No. Okay, well, I had two. And, of course, you saw the yeah, you saw the sweater. That was just unbelievable. It's hard to describe it, except it's a hairball. <laughs> that doesn't sound like something I'd want to spend money on. Hey, here's a... Uh, a Cashmere sweater. A, a knitted hairball. It's got to be so itchy, too, does it not? It's one of those things you take the sweater off and your skin is just blotchy red. It's great. Okay. Well, it starts out nice, but it, it, it it's after a wash that it gets like that. It's like... Yeah, it's it's not it's not a fun thing to wear. Rick is our cashmere sweater. Uh, not expert. that I'm a fashion guru, because no, that's you know, why you have Josh. Maybe I could be thinking of something completely different. I don't know. <laughs> you might not even. You might be thinking of a poodle sweater. I'm thinking. Oh of. boy! All right, um, somebody should steer this show back on course. So I'm going to try. Uh, this is Hard Knocks uh, episode. Kind of, what episode was that last night? Five? Was that, have they already had five episodes? I think it was five. It doesn't yeah, matter. It was it was last right. night's episode. How's that? Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, this is um, this is JJ Watts. You know what? This is JJ Watt and Zach Allen. I mentioned earlier we were doing our hard knocks with uh, with Hard Rock, and we had the show stealer, and you had uh, DeAndre. Basically, we had DeAndre Hopkins family between the two of us. We had Hop, we had Hop's mom, we had Hop's sister, who I think had the line of the show. But the honorable mention Wolf would have been JJ Watt and Zach Allen. They were arguing about uh, how to. How to give your dog a bath earlier in the show. They're just sitting there. This is during the game. Is that you? Yeah. You stepped on me? You you put your foot under me. How? I had the dog. I, I put my foot under you? Yeah. It's like, what, this is bring it, Josh. You put the door under my bucket. You stepped all over that. Yeah, because I had a double with the, the females. Those two, just so great, right there. I just constantly like, bickering. It, it brings fantastic. back so many memories. It does of what it was like to actually go out on the field and and ball out right. And sometimes when things were going well, there'd be a little bit of lucidity that is involved, right? A little bit of levity as well. I mean, you would you'd love it. Um, it was a situation you'd revel in. And if in fact things were going well, and for a while that first half things were going well for the Arizona Cardinals, you're joking about getting stepped on. Um, some of the finest memories that I've ever had playing ball, 10 years of playing ball in the NFL, dealt with the huddle and being in the huddle and just ripping each other in the huddle. 
I also thought this. Kind of like Mikel Bridges, right? Yeah. I always think about it. The 4-24 and 24 that we just saw from oh, Mikel. definitely How was he it. getting ripped? After the game, of course, not Somebody, during the game, I but think, after the game. Yeah, I don't, maybe you have to rip him, him when he's four for twenty-three. Just kind of like, hey, we got to loosen this this uh, this guy up a little bit. I think it was Kellen that tweeted out the uh, video from. Uh, it was, I think it was last year. Mikel had a really good shooting game, and they were asking Devin Booker about it. And Mikel was sitting there. Remember, they were doing all the joint press conferences yeah. last year, and still do them a little bit this year. But it was funner last year. Um, and they were like, "Yeah, he's not books. Like he's not in the the midi committee, is what he calls it. And he's like, he's not in." There. There yet. Yes. Mikel Bridges was just like, what? Yeah. Um, here, this is Cliff Kingsbury. This is right at the start of the show last night, and they had that that hard knocks shot that I don't know if this is from like three in the morning driving through the streets of Tempe to get to the uh, the facility, the Cardinals facility there or not. But I, I did find this interesting from uh, from Kingsbury. When I got into the profession, there's different ways to kind of differentiate yourself and move up quickly. And the first one was, you know, be there first and be the last one to leave. And so I tried to adhere to that. I just had a lot of regrets about my playing career and really putting everything into it that I could have. And so, you know, when I started the second phase, I just wanted to make sure I didn't have those same regrets. Uh, that was a pretty honest moment. Yeah, no, you know, it is a very transparent moment right there. And, you know, I can relate to an awful lot of it right now, um, especially if you grew up with a chip on your shoulder, metaphorically speaking, right? Sometimes that chip has a way of actually falling off your shoulder and going into your heart when when you're out on a football field or you're actually walking around the football paradigm that is so hyper-aggressive, alpha male. It truly is. Many times you'll do things like that, like get up at 2.30 in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning to make sure you're the first guy into the building and i can tell you cliff does that it's not every day but he does it the vast majority of the time yeah look i don't i don't even think i i I don't think even cliff's critics would say he's not putting in the effort you know what i mean but i think just i found that line interesting because it wasn't like oh yeah i want to try hard because i want to win and make money it was a like it was a very specific I regret not doing this when I was a player for a short time in this league. And so it's just, it's, that's the best part about the show is when you get that, yeah. that nugget of like, oh, this is this guy's motivation, you know? Uh, give, me, give me Cliff if you've got it right there. Give me Cliff after the game talking about the Patriots game. Mm-hmm. Do you have that? Yep, yeah. Fire that. I'll be the first one to say, I made some calls, right? But the basic that we know how to do, it means a lot in these games. It's hard to overcome, and it continues to happen. It's getting it right in practice and holding each other accountable. Right? I treat you like men. That's how it's going to be. That may be a fault of mine, but I'm going to treat you like men. So we got to hold each other accountable somehow the last month, because we're better than that. Everybody understand that? Like, that's it. We're better than that. And that's all I want to see for this group. The last month. Play your best football. Because I love being around you guys. I love coming to work every day with you. You practice hard. You fight your ass off for each other. But we have to do it right. Because we're giving away. Y'all get a break. You know, it's amazing right there. Y'all get a break the way you ended it up. It's very abrupt. You know, but it's just a situation. He's not screaming. He's not. He's just being very resolute. 
And that's exactly the way I would advise Cliff to go going forward. I know there's a lot of people out there that want him fired. He's not going to get fired, in my opinion. Now, if I'm wrong on that, I'm wrong on that. I don't think he's going to be fired. You still feel that way in the offseason? Because you and I have yes. been in lockstep. To, I didn't think there was any way he was getting fired during the season. Offseason, who knows? But Although everything's clouded now. Yeah, no, it is. It truly is. But with this injury, I, I doubt you're going to change the offense under Kyler Murray. <laughs> when he can't actually go out there and actually execute the offense on the field. Yeah. I think, honestly, um, it's it's increased the odds that Cliff is actually going to be the head coach next year. I could be wrong on that, Luke. I, I don't know. Yeah. No, I just, just, I just, I just know, know this is the direction and this is the tone Cliff Kingsbury has got to take. We were talking to Lorenzo Alexander a little bit earlier in the broadcast about this very thing. This is what he's got to become. He's got to become the alpha male in the room. You've heard me talk about this you have to you you have to let guys know what the expectation is you have to set the bar for everybody in that locker room this is the way that it's going to be this is our expectation of you and by the way if you don't meet that expectation i'm not going to scream at you i'm not going to yell at you i'm not going to threaten you somebody's going to knock on your door or tap you on the shoulder and say, you've been cut. That is what a coach needs to do and use. And it reminds me of Bill Belichick. It feels, and we don't have time for it now, Cliff did talk about Belichick's influence on him uh, in the episode as well. But it does feel like what you're saying right there is the biggest thing the Cardinals can change internally without making sweeping changes is that extra level of accountability or whatever you want to call it of... If you mess up, if you're going to keep messing up, you just won't be here anymore. There's got to be a little bit of a fear factor there, too. Yeah, and you have to be willing to part ways with good football players, too, Yeah, to prove that point. I think being 4-9 would uh, would put everything on the table if I were, if I were running the show. Uh, the 2022 college football playoff semifinal is coming to State Farm Stadium on December 31st. Features number 2 Michigan against number 3 TCU. They will square off for the first time ever in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. And, of course, the winner goes to the national championship game. So head to the contest page now on ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win a pair of tickets. When we come back, Sun's trying to right the ship tonight against the Clippers. Their broadcaster for Bally Sports, Kevin Ray, will join us for game. Day with K Ray. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Pass it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke brings the boom and catching bodies on his way to the rack. Sons, game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. Game day with Kay Ray. Kevin Ray of Valley Sports is joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. Kay, what's going on? Hello, Jets. Uh, I tell you that uh, the game <laughs> has been kind of a, re- a recurring theme here over the last couple weeks. That game on Tuesday, in, in particular, did not um, did not fill me with a lot of confidence going forward. What did you see against the Rockets? 
What game are you talking about? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I must have imagined. <laughs> we, so we flushed that K? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, look, if, if players and coaches can say I'm just flushing it, that, that's my choice. I, I don't know what game you're talking about. I'm currently in Los Angeles. I've kind of lost track of time and space over the last week being on the road. So, <laughs> Well, I can tell you, I asked Eddie Johnson how he was doing yesterday to start the interview, and he's like, how do you think I'm doing? <laughs> <laughs> Now, you know what I say? You know what I say to UK Ray and Eddie Johnson? Get in line. <laughs> oh, I know. There, there is there is plenty of pain to be spread around, exactly. spread around our sports teams, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. So, just what do you expect to see tonight, Kay? Well, I guess it's a combination of expect to see and, and hope to see, you know, a, a team with uh, some some fight, some heart, uh, some resistance, pushback. Because, um, look, this is, you know, th- this is just another squad in the long list of Western Conference teams that, uh, you know, quite frankly, doesn't like the Suns and they have every reason to have a chip on their shoulder. Uh for a variety of reasons, the Suns have already played them once, put a pretty you know pretty good beat down on them the first time. Uh, I, there, there's no official word coming on who will be in, who will be out. I think there is a very strong likelihood that we will see number one back in the lineup tonight. Nice. Uh, I'm not quite as optimistic about number 22, uh, so that will require yet another lineup shuffle for Monty, Monty Williams is to you know determine who he will start in the event that DA can't go, but you know, this just comes down to to resolve. Um, and you know, Monty Monty said it best after the game, trying to maintain perspective. And I know that that's uh, not easy or rare to find for fans. But he said, "Look, you know, we're just going through a tough stretch right now, uh, and we just have to keep doing the next right thing." Uh, going back to that uh, eight game lot losing streak back in December of nineteen. None of us, you know, none of us are, are hoping that it gets to, to eight games, but. Uh, yeah, you just you just have to look forward. Um, the team has to stay together collectively, and you know just get back to do, to doing the simple things. And part of the simple thing is just man, just go play hard. You know, mm-hmm. tap into that Josh Akogi energy tree uh, because that 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 kid is playing out of his mind right now. And the Suns need that kind of energy, the the kind of energy that Bismack Biombo gives them. And hopefully they can, you know, find that tonight. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports, it's game day with K. Ray. Uh, K. I'm glad you brought up Josh Okogi. I don't, you know, maybe he's not going to have some huge role on this team, but as he has gotten a little more playing time of late, even if the stats aren't there, and they were in that Boston game, but the game was out of reach, but uh, and the stats weren't bad even against Houston, but the energy and just that sort of intensity that maybe wasn't there for the first quarter of the game with everybody else seems to be there when he's in there. Is there a way he? It does end up carving out a bigger role with this team, big picture. Well, yeah. I mean, I think as we have seen, you know, he's he's really forced Monty's hand. And look, as a as a coach, you know, that's Monty has said it before. Uh, you know, that's that's what I want you to do. I want you to to force me to play you. I mean, he played twenty minutes the other night, and I would say it wasn't twenty minutes just because they were getting blown out. It was twenty minutes because he he played. He was the only player 
on the floor and in the box score who did not have a negative plus minus. Mm-hmm. Uh, now he finished he finished at zero, but that's because you know there was a lot of other stuff happening around him. So uh, I, I will I will look for Josh to continue to get somewhere between. 15 to 20 minutes, and, you know, we, we won't see campaign tonight. Uh, still no timetable on when he'll be back. So those are guard minutes that's, you know, got to be eaten up by somebody. And it's best served with Josh Okogie right now because he is impacting the game in many ways. But the most impact that he's bringing guys is on the defensive end, and that's where this team is really right now. I mean, you, you, you can't you can't sugarcoat it. They, they are struggling defensively right now. Yes, no, I'm totally with you on that. That's why I think tonight's game against the Clippers is so interesting. The matchup, of course, and the fact that the Clippers are starting to look like the Clippers we all thought they were going to be. Tell me what you see from the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah, well, you know, obviously being over here, uh, we watched the game last night. Didn't go to it, but you know, watched it here on uh, on the local telecast. And um, yeah, with you know, with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, George getting you know uh, games together now. Uh, they they are starting to to gel now. There's no official word from LA on whether Kawhi will play tonight because it is a back to back. He has yet to play in a back to back this season. Uh, he played a season high 31 minutes last night. So this kind of goes to okay. Do, do they view this game as you know more important than say? other games coming up. Right. And when you look at their upcoming schedule, they've got uh, they've got another day off before playing host to Washington. They're in the midst of a little homestand here. So it'll be interesting to see what decision they make there. And Evita Zubats also uh, you know, had an injury last night. So he could be questionable. So that would certainly help in terms of the the rebounding and just physicality issue. But that being said, Paul George is playing really well. John Wall did not play last night uh, with the anticipation that he'll be on the floor tonight. So, look, it's a Ty Lue coach team. They're very good, uh, fundamentally, technically sound. And, you know, uh, Marcus Morris Sr., uh, I know that's not a name that uh, Suns fans want to hear, but this guy just always seems to have the Suns number. He averages career highs against uh, his former club. Uh, and, and that's, you know, he presents a number of different problems for a variety of reasons. He always seems to be there when <laughs> when you don't want him to be there. Yeah, some sort. Yeah, he, he's got to let it go. Right? At some point in time, just let it go. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's any time. Let it go. Uh, okay, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate it. Great stuff as always. You got it, boys. Take care. Thanks, thanks man. That is uh, Kevin Ray of Bally Sports joining us right there as he does every weekday Suns game day for game day with K Ray. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. When we come back, all right, the Cardinals do have a game against the Broncos on Sunday. We still haven't even really had a chance to get into it. What are you going to be watching for? What will Wolf be watching? That is next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
Well, it's been a weird week for a lot of reasons, and uh, just scheduling-wise, you had the Monday night game, so there was no talk of the Broncos on Tuesday, and then you had the Kyler Murray injury, and we were doing, uh, you know, a holiday hero, so there was all these different reasons why. We just really haven't got to the Broncos game at just all weird, yet. Isn't it, man? Yeah. It's, we're basically at the end of Thursday's show. This Denver team, they have not endured the off-the-field stuff that the Cardinals have. But in terms of, like, expectations and, you know, how Broncos fans are, like, they are they were fed up with Nathaniel Hackett after game one when they Man. lost to the Seahawks. You are you are facing a team that has had trouble moving the ball and has a pretty good defense. So there's some similarities between these two teams. What are you going to be watching for on Sunday? Yeah, what do you say we get to it, Rick? What do you say you bring me that beautiful music? What will Wolf watch? When you're talking to yourself, All right, Basinonians, Abraham Lincoln was truly a brilliant man. Ron Wolfley will board it. Reading his quotes makes one think Lincoln must have sat around all day thinking of nothing but his brilliance and how best to display that truth, but it was just the opposite. One of my favorite quotes from our 16th president of the United States of America is, a house divided against itself cannot stand. The Denver Broncos appear to be a house divided. Lincoln would be shocked. His quote was trivialized to a degree in which it was applied to a football team in the 21st century. But the truth is the truth, and the truth always applies, regardless of the paradigm. Isn't that right, Mike Purcell? Unfortunately for the Broncos, the truth has unraveled their season. Russell Wilson has had a negative impact on their franchise. Wow. This doesn't mean he can't fix it. This doesn't mean he can't turn things around and repair the damage he has created. He can, and I think he will. But you know, when it comes to the truth and money, the truth will set you free, of course. Russell Wilson wasn't free. The Broncos gave up tight end Noah Fant, quarterback Drew Locke, defensive end Shelby Harris, 2022 and 2023 first-round picks, 2022 and 2023 second-round picks, and a 2022 fifth-round pick for Russell Wilson. Then they doubled down on their investment and rewarded Wilson with a five-year contract extension worth $245 million, including $165 million in guarantees. Nathaniel Hackett may not get a contract extension. Folks in Denver think he should be fired because of what has happened to Russell Wilson. Hackett needs to take some of Lincoln's quotes and hang them in the Broncos facility building. In fact, he may want to put this one on his desk. If we could first know where we are and whither we are tending, we could then better judge what to do and how to do it, Lincoln said. You know what, Basinonians? I may want to put that one on my desk as well. But whoever's desk it goes on, do not miss Lincoln's point. You need to tell the truth about where you are in your development and the direction you are headed. And only then can you do something about it and know how to do something about it. The Broncos' defense knows where they are, but Denver's offense is currently wandering. 
if the Broncos offense just scored 19 points in every game they played this season, they would have a 10-3 record. In the, name, in the name of clarity, Basinonians, the Denver Broncos would be tied with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills for the best record in the AFC if they just scored 19 points a game. No more, no less. The Broncos have only scored 14.8 points per game. That's dead last in the league. And as bad as the Cardinals' offense has been this season, they have scored 21 Point seven points per game. The Denver Broncos would be 10-3 if they just scored 19 points in every game this season. Will that kind of truth divide a locker room? I have a PhD in losing, and I'm here to tell you, it definitely can and often does divide a locker room. Based on the uninspired play of the Broncos' offense in their 3-10 season, Mike Purcell's explosion on Wilson is likely symptomatic of a much, much bigger problem. A locker room divided against itself cannot stand. The Broncos were a Super Bowl favorite. They had the third best odds of getting to Phoenix before the season started. And as the smoke metaphorically swirls around the end of the 2022 season, I am reminded of one of my favorite quotes from Abe Lincoln. He said, I am not concerned that you have fallen. I am concerned that you arise. One of my favorites. We all fall, do we not, basin audience? We all fall. And sometimes your concern is not extended when you fall as much as it is, it is when you get up and try to do it again. I have a technical question I have to ask you. Yes. PhD in losing, is that better or worse than a PhD in back waxing? Um, it's definitely worse. Okay. PhD in back waxing, uh, it helps you get sacks okay. for the most part. <laughs> because in football terms, yes, I agree. But just normally, I don't know that I'd want that PhD. Yeah, losing either. is losing. Losing is universally just I Think about bad. that. Ten years in the National Football League, and I never played on a winning team. Some 500 teams? I never played on a non-losing team, okay, is sorry. a better way of saying it. <laughs> I, I went to four Pro Bowls, by the way, Lou. I was a team captain eight times in my 10 years. That kind of futility is staggering. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Denver's defense and their offense. And I'm just going points per game. Okay? Yeah. I'm not doing anything. I'm not overcomplicating this. Denver's points allowed per game. The only three teams that are better are three pretty good defenses, San Francisco, Buffalo, and Dallas. Yeah. So the Cardinals are going to be facing one of the best defenses in the National Football League, but you outlined just how bad their offense is. It, they are a distant 32nd in points I, per game. I know. Just think about it. If they scored 19, it's... Oh, my goodness, Luke. 19 points a game. They'd be 10-3. and three. Can you imagine coming into this season? I, I, I wasn't alone in saying that the Denver Broncos were a Super Bowl caliber offense and a Super Bowl caliber team because of their offense, because of what was going to happen with Russell Wilson. Uh, it's seriously stunning when you watch this team try to move the football with Russell Wilson. You can tell. Hey, look, everybody. It's Russell Wilson playing quarterback for the Denver Broncos. 
and doing inexplicable things. As you're talking, I'm scrolling back as far as I need to to find a team that has averaged less points per game for a full season than the Broncos are right now with the 14.9 points per game. There was a team doing 14.9 last year. It was Jacksonville. But you go back like 2019, the lowest point total per team or for any team was 16.6 points a game. The last time, and as it turns out, this uh, this has backfired on me because the last time a team averaged less than 14.9 points per game for a full season was 2018, and we don't think to talk about which team it was. <laughs> no way. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I did not goodness. know that was going to be the pot of gold at I, the end of the rainbow. Oh, there. my goodness. I didn't even think about that. You are absolutely correct. But that's, I mean, Denver, the thing about that 2018 Cardinals team, they didn't trade everything away. You talked about what the, what the Broncos gave up for Russell Wilson. Do you realize their first round pick this year right now is the second pick in the draft? Yes. And they don't have it. Oh, man. And their second round picks right at the top of the second round, too. Yes. Man, it's just, it's stunning. That trade now is like, okay, well, one team took on a quarterback that doesn't look right, but then the other team got a tight end and, and some other pieces. Oh, okay, well, then the team with the bad quarterback must have got the picks, right? No, those went the other way in the deal, too. Which is only funny until you realize that Seattle was on the receiving end of this deal and actually got a, a good deal. All right, I don't like where the segment's going. Coming up uh, next, big night in sports, Thursday night football, and of course, Suns Clippers. We'll kind of wrap up the show with a look at both those next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, final segment of the show here. It is Wolf and Luke on a Thursday afternoon, and um, we got Thursday night football tonight. Wolf, we've got uh, we've got Suns Clippers. Let's start with Thursday night football because we haven't really got to talk about it very much. No Debo Samuel. Sounds like Brock Purdy will be playing for San Francisco. The Seahawks are pretty much not. This isn't like a you lose and you're done sort of game, but they are desperate for a win here. They are outside of the playoff picture. I think everybody just kind of you know after the first half of the season was like, all right, the Seahawks are making the playoffs. Now, right now, they're game up on Detroit for eighth. They're a half game back of the Giants and Commanders, who do play each other, though, this weekend. So unless they tie again, uh, somebody's going to drop. So it's a big one for Seattle tonight, and therefore a big one for the 49ers to keep Seattle out. You know, anytime you talk about the San Francisco 49ers, of course, and the Seattle Seahawks, um, you're talking about a bloodbath. <laughs> I think you're going to see a very, very physical game tonight. For Kime, obviously, as... as Yeah, you're going to see a very, very physical game tonight. Um, That's not going to be a surprise to anybody. Um, They're going to have to use play action, though, at some point in time. Geno Smith is going to have to be better than he's been all season long if, in fact, the Seattle Seahawks are going to have a chance of winning this game in the fourth quarter. They'll use that play action, but he's got to be able to throw the ball down the field. And once again, anytime you talk about using play action, you also have to be capable of running the ball. The 
49ers front seven will shut you down. You can't run the ball against them for the most part. They're going to get you in third and obvious pass situations. And that's when their pass rush gets a hold of you. It doesn't look good for the Seattle Seahawks, obviously. Yeah, I'm fascinated by this 49ers team because I don't like the 49ers. I mean, I don't really have like anything. They're not like some team I actively root against, but they're certainly not a team I root for. But I'm interested in this Brock Purdy storyline, partially because, yeah, okay, he's local, partially because I, I just he's, he's handling it personality-wise in a pretty unique way. And just the simple fact that it's, it's Mr. Irrelevant, rookie quarterback, third string being thrown in on a team that I do like the way they play, Wolf. Yes. I mean, it's just a brutal yes. defense, like you just said. They run the ball with Christian McCaffrey, but also with three other running backs and with Debo. No Debo tonight, and, you know, they don't have Eli Mitchell. I kind of I like the fact that they've overcome a lot of injuries, too. So, like I said, I'm not rooting for the 49ers this season, but I kind of am tonight because <laughs> this might take the Seahawks and put their, their playoff chances really on the ropes, especially if Detroit could somehow go into New York and beat the Jets. Um this weekend, so that's that's certainly something. It's 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 a Thursday night game. A lot of these tend to be lower scoring anyway, and then you have these two teams. It just it feels like like you said, it's going to be points are going to be at a premium in this one. Yeah, and you got to remember as well that the 49ers Arizona Sports breaking news. All right, what do you got? All right, guys. So the Clippers say this is according to Mark Stein. Um, the Clippers say Paul George, left knee soreness, and Kawhi Leonard, right knee injury management, are out tonight against Phoenix. Oh. So no Paul George, no Kawhi Leonard, so this matchup is wow. not as interesting. What was the, oh. the Kawhi, the official injury title there? Right injury management? Right knee soreness? injury management. Sounds like a... Oh, man. Like a physical therapy company or something. You know, once again, I was hoping that um, the Clippers were going to run these guys out there. Kawhi Leonard, I knew, was a long shot only because it was a back-to-back, and he has not played in a back-to-back this year, and he played a season-high 31 minutes last night. So we always knew Kawhi Leonard was a long shot to play, but I wanted to see Paul George. I wanted to see a pretty healthy Clippers team tonight, and the reason why is because I think it will challenge the Phoenix Suns. Whether Devin Booker or DeAndre Ayton or Campaign, whether any of these guys play tonight for the Suns, to me, I wanted to see it. I wanted to see full strength on both sides because I wanted to see the challenge that it would present to the Phoenix Suns and how they would respond to that challenge, especially physically on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah, and, and we still don't know anything for sure about the Suns. Um, you know, K-Ray, K-Ray, when he came on, said kind of what, what a lot of people were implying yesterday, too, of if Devin Booker's close, he's going to go. And, and that goes back to the whole philosophical conversation of how are you going to run your team this year? Are you going to be extra cautious with injuries? Because if you're going to be extra cautious with injuries and Devin Booker's like questionable with a hamstring, then it's more like, hey, we'll see you this weekend against New Orleans, right? But it is Devin Booker. And he wants to be out there, and they've lost five in a row and six of seven. And I have to think, knowing just the, the competitor and, uh, and the type of guy Devin Booker is, it's going to be really hard to get him to sit there on the bench and watch his shorthanded team potentially lose again if he feels like he can help. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't see the smoldering Devin Booker right there. But the Suns have really been so careful with anybody that has gotten hurt. 
the infamous day-to-day. He's he's day-to-day, right? Uh, that usually goes on for at least a week, it maybe even for, more. It went on for a month with, yeah. uh, with Chris Paul. So, you know, I, I don't know. You're right, though. With Book, you know Devin Booker wants to play. And um, at the same time, it would certainly follow in line for the Suns if, in fact, they sat him down. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, I want to play this clip from James Jones yesterday. We didn't get to because this is kind of a growing theme. We've even seen it show up on a few of the Arizona sports poll questions. Are you worried about Chris Paul? Because now Chris Paul is back and he really has not. He's been fine. He hasn't looked like the Chris Paul that you were sort of staking your title chances on. So this is James Jones yesterday with Burns and Gambo. Um, I'm, I'm not concerned. There's, there's four games. Um, it's, after being out for 15 games, you know, I, we expected him to have some some ups and downs, and he's had those. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty confident tomorrow in L.A. Um, he'll be ready. He'll be locked in, and, and, and he'll be playing well. I think it would it would uh, go a long way, at least for the fans, Wolf, to see Chris Paul have a Chris Paul game, whether it's tonight or this weekend or whatever. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with that. Yet I'm not going to go against Chris Paul. I'm not going to bet against this guy actually looking like Chris Paul all over again. I, I expect to see him actually be CP3 at some point soon. Talking about within the next couple of weeks. Maybe I'm off. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll find out. That is a... I'm not there yet with the concern level, but I get it if you're a Suns fan and you're like, hey, you know, Chris Paul, we haven't seen him much this year. When we have, it's not like he's looked like the guy that was like an MVP candidate last year, you know, or at least two years ago. And last year was maybe the most important player on the Suns for good chunks of the season. And certainly in that first round against the Pelicans, hasn't looked like that since the first round against the Pelicans. So, yeah, it'd be nice to see that. Uh, All right. That's going to do it for us here today. Thanks to Lauren Koval, Jesse Morrison behind the glass. For Wolf, I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.